This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Justin Strawn and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I am your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, a man who doesn't have to be told when consequences are coming, Ryan Nelson. Justin, I agree with Dot. If a kidnapper should let their victim go, if they just started a show with 13 seasons. That's right. There's no reason to keep them around. They have work to do. <laughs> they have they have too much to do. They have too they have too many episodes that they have to watch. So you gotta let them go at that point. So I'm with you on with I'm with you and Dot on that one. So uh, if you've been to listening to podcasts we started a few years ago, thank you for continuing to listen and making us part of your day. If you're new to the show, we hope you enjoy it as we talk about the eighth episode of the fifth season of Fargo on FX and Hulu titled Blanket. Whether or not you are new or regular and would like more access to the show, you can visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. Podcast. Go to patreon.com slash the main attraction podcast and you can get Patreon only content. You can support us at a three, five, ten, or twenty dollar level, and when you join up, we'll shout you out here on the show. If you want ad-free access to podcasts, any level of being a Patreon supporter will get the show ad-free. Doesn't matter which level you are signing up for. All four levels get you the show ad-free, as low as the $3 level, as high as the $20 level. They're all going to get you the show without commercials. Now, if you want additional benefits besides just no ads, uh, that's where the 5 the 10 and the $20 levels come in. So you can look at take a look at those and see what suits you best. If you can't be a patron, though, you can help the show out by rating us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can leave us a five-star rating. And if you have time, we would love it. If you wrote us a review while you're there on Apple Podcast, uh, if you would like to interact with us, you can do so. Send us an email to mainattractionpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear any thoughts or questions you might have, any comments you would like to add to our discussion of the shows and the movies that we cover here on the podcast. Uh, we would love to hear those. We would love to uh, get your opinion on those. Uh, so send us an email to mainattractionpod at gmail.com. All right, so let's just talk general uh, thoughts on this episode of the this eighth episode of the fifth season of Fargo. What were your general thoughts before we get into, into specifics? Uh, this was the episode where John Hamm scared the hell out of you. Yes, it was. It was he was haunting. He was frightening in this. Yeah, he really was. He really, really was. Uh, this was a. This is one of the better episodes of the season, if you ask me. It's also yeah, one of the. Yeah, I think so too. It's also one of the more difficult episodes of the season to watch, uh, just yes. because of how how violent it can be and just how intimidating. You know, if you have, if if you are a a surviving victim of domestic abuse, this episode would have been really, really tough to watch. Uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, they do give a disclaimer. They, I don't know if they've done this entire season. I know they have recently started putting disclaimers, you know, yeah. uh, you know, this episode deals with uh, domestic abuse and not, like they give some disclaimers out there that way, if you, if that would apply to you and it might, you know, trigger some, some emotions in you that you wouldn't want to experience or have re-triggered in your life. Uh, like I said, they do give you that little, uh, they, they do give you that warning so I think that's good because this one seriously was tough to watch. I mean, uh, the way that they treat Dot in this one has been difficult. Uh, but this has been that to me. This is what they've kind of been building up towards the meeting between Dot and and Roy, and we are finally getting it. Uh, did it live up to what you were thinking? What were your thoughts? Uh, yeah, definitely lived up to it. I thought the the couple of scenes where we had those two alone, right, 
were just unbelievable, haunting, scary. You really felt for Dot. I mean, yeah, like, you, you were really worried what is going to happen to her, you know? Right. Oh, yeah, there, there, there's no question about that. I, it was very concerning for her. Obviously, you know, we're at the eighth episode, and this has been the main protagonist of the entire thing. I wasn't worried about her dying in this. You know, but I'm not necessarily... I wouldn't say I'm not worried about her not dying at all because uh, this is Fargo and doesn't this mean this just because look I think bad people will have bad things happen to them in the show but doesn't necessarily oh, yeah. mean good things will happen to good people uh, so you know I don't think they're going to kill her in this thing uh, but it wouldn't shock me if they did uh, your I, thoughts I wouldn't be shocked if she died no yeah. no I mean there there people will have died in this like a lot of people like right. even some of the leads so no it would not be shocking if, if she died yeah it wouldn't be shocking to me either so all right real quick we uh, i mentioned this a couple weeks ago when you talk about the the title of the episode this is the only one i don't get this one's called yeah, like I, don't it. I have no clue okay good because i was like uh, i was listening to joanna robinson and uh rob mahoney talk about it on the prestige podcast they mentioned as well they couldn't think of anything either i was like yeah i have no no idea yeah i don't really know why this one's called blanket uh this one's kind of a, a bit of a uh a curveball to me so if anybody has any suggestions on why this one's called blanket the only thing the only blanket i even saw uh was she was covering up in a blanket uh in that shack or whatever it is but that was well, she was hiding stuff in there could that be what she uses in the next episode maybe but uh, you normally like yeah. when they give a title it's it pertains to that episode so but anyway like i said i, I was just struggling with that so all right but anyway so this the episode opens up though with actually danish graves uh he they, yeah. you know, played by Daniel uh dave foley great great episode for dave foley yes yes uh he's opening up it opens up with him he's going through a debtor's ledger uh and like i said it's just an interesting thing apparently all the names that are in this ledger are all people that are on the set of uh of oh, Fargo. that's cool yeah so they, i like when shows do that yeah so they put everybody name in there and they all have all these different debts that they have and he's looking for 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 people apparently and he goes through it he marks off three three different people i did not write down their names i didn't notice who they were uh and basically he takes these three people to to the courthouse uh and he has their names changed and this was like the the lady who was doing this like she was very confused because she's like the, when she did when they do the second one she's like so you're here having a second person's name change he's like actually i have three that i'm here to do did you have any idea what he was doing no i did not i was very i curious. did not either yeah, yeah i was struggling so i was going to ask you if you had any idea at I the did. time I knew something good was going to happen because Dave Foley had a smirk on his face. Yeah, and Dave Foley's doing. Look, Dave Foley as Danish Grace has just been fantastic. Yeah, it's really sad right. that you Re- know, rest in peace. Yeah, you know, kind of spoil Which, things here. <laughs> when we talked about people dying, he was at the top of the list. Yeah, of course he did. Die. And he does die at the end of this thing. So uh, obviously, though, he's got something up his sleeve. We just don't know what it is at this time. Uh, so, like I said, we're, we're. I was really, really interested to see where they were going to go with this, and it did not disappoint. At least, uh, so anyway, we go to back to the hospital. Uh, Roy and Dot are getting discharged from the hospital, and Roy is as intimidating as ever. Uh, well, here's one of the things that's really great about this because Dot has been able to pull you know get out of every situation that she's been in yeah. roy knows her tricks though and they do a really good job in this very very short in this very short scene where you know he notices her uh hiding the pen on her uh he knows that you know he, he's very yeah. suspicious about you know her writing the help me and he, he grabs paperwork to see what she did like i said so this is they're setting up very very quickly yes dot has been able to escape everybody that she has been encountered with that's trying to take her up until this point but roy knows her tricks and they're like i said they're they're establishing that 
very easily, very quickly, and do, they don't spend a lot of time, you know, no. spelling that out. But they make it very clear that she's not just going to be able to get away from Roy so easily like she did everybody else. At least I thought that was my thought. And yeah, same thing. And also, this shows how Tillman has the whole county, yes, it does. Mm -hmm. you know, under his thumb. Like he knows everyone. He knows how to pull the levers. You know, you, you, it's going to be hard to get away from him. Yeah, it's like I said, I thought it was like I said, it, it's not a huge thing. It's not anything big, but they do at least establish that it will be difficult for her. It's not going to be the same. You know, it's not going to be like getting away from Gator. It's not going to be like getting away from, you know, Old Monk or whoever it was at the, yeah. at the beginning of this thing because Roy knows her tricks. Uh, yeah. But this is when Officer Witt actually comes in. Uh, he arrives into the hospital and immediately he can tell something is wrong. He, yeah. he sees Dot there. Uh, he says, hey, Mrs. Lyon, how are you? Uh, and Dot is trying to act like she doesn't know him. Uh, so she, he can tell something is wrong. And it gets even worse because Gator comes in with a couple of goons as well. Yeah. Uh, and Gator, being Gator, escalates the situation, makes it even... By, race, by using racism. <laughs> yeah, by using racism. Uh, called him, what, Jay-Z? Was that who he called yeah, him? Yeah, called him Jay-Z, yeah. Yeah, so like, Gator just being who he is, like the tension just gets higher and mounts higher and higher. Uh, and look... Wit is, you know, he is a true officer of the law. He's not going, he, he realizes that he can't do anything because, you know, Dot said there's no problem, there's nothing wrong. Because uh, she knows if she says something, if at this point somebody's going to die. Yeah. Uh, so she can't, right. so she's just going to try to get Wit out of there. Uh, and he, like I said, he's not buying any of it, obviously, and, you know, very, very smart. I was glad to get Officer Whit back because we haven't seen him much. And I was going to say, if you had a complaint, they've kind of wasted Lamorne Morris. He's a fantastic actor, and he's really good in this because I love how he's not intimidated. No, but like not. you said, he knows what he can and can't do. Right. So that would be my one complaint. I, we we needed more. We could have used more of him. Well, another thing that I like about this is because it is a it is a juxtaposition of the two positions of of two vastly different law enforcement officers here. You have Officer Witt, who is going to go by the book and is going to operate in the frameworks of the law that he knows he's allowed to operate. And whereas Roy thinks he is the law and he thinks that, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. he even says, you know, I'm the sheriff of this county that you're in. Are you trying to insinuate something? I'm doing something wrong or something like that. And, you know, his his belief on the law is, you know, whatever I say goes, that's the law because this is I am yeah. the law in this in this particular county. And like I said, I like that juxtaposition because Roy is going to use the, the law to get whatever he wants. Oh, yeah. Wit feels like multiple times throughout the course of this episode, it feels like he is he is handcuffed by the law because he can only do yeah. so many things. Like I said, right. I like the way that they're kind of uh, putting those two against each other. So, uh all right, so now we have Indira. Uh, basically, Wit goes and calls her because he knows that Indira has been dealing with this as well. Uh, he informs Indira of the situation, uh, and the FBI just continues to be just an absolute screw up because I was uh, like, "Where are they?" Yeah, and like I said, they they handle again. They handle this really, really well and very, very quickly because Wit tells her, "I left a message with the FBI," and Indira says, "Yeah, uh, they don't ever they don't ever return calls." So, like I said, they're just completely yeah. incompetent throughout the course of this thing, which is kind of a bit of a throwback to the first the first season because uh, Key and Peel Key and Peel yeah <laughs> were very competent in their jobs as well. Uh, but anyway, what were your thoughts so far up until this point? I was 
trying to remember if they were dead. I was like, did they get killed? Because like, <laughs> it's been a while since we've seen yeah. them, and they really have done nothing. Yeah, you're correct. And they we haven't seen them. I, who knows if we see them again? I think we probably will, but I could be wrong. So, I, I have a feeling we will see them this week. Yeah, I would I would be surprised if we didn't. So, uh, but we're back now at uh, Roy's. Oh, and I also I'm going to call it. They get killed in the shootout. Those two me. are dead. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised they end up dying. All right, so now we end up back for the first time back at Roy's farm, his compound, whatever you want to call this thing. Uh, and I was noticing, like, I don't know if they have done this previously. I don't know. I haven't been paying attention. I'll have to go back and watch some of the previous episodes again. I just don't have time to do that right now. But it was, I noticed a lot in throughout the course of this episode, once we finally got back to the compound, once we got back to the farm, uh, the windmill was yeah was very yes. you know placed in frame a lot like i said it just was like covering over the entire thing like yeah. I, said, I don't know if they've been doing this all season and but just because my antenna was up after last week if i was noticing but what were your thoughts on that yeah uh, you definitely noticed it immediately and it was in the background and noticeable and emphasized multiple times right like i said like i said i don't know if that's they've been doing it all season but just because my antenna was up now i'm noticing yeah. it and like i said i would have to go back and watch it i don't, I don't have time to do that so but anyway uh we're back at the compound uh we're they're kind of like slowly zooming in on this shack that is on his property uh and roy is chaining dot to the floor and this is when Dot just starts trying to appeal to him. She appeals to him as a mother. Yeah. She appeals to him as a as a wife. Uh, she's obviously desperate, and Roy's just not hearing anything of it. Yeah. Uh, what would you think about their initial conversation that they had by themselves? This was a this was a haunting scene as well because, like, she was standing up to him still, even though she tried to appeal to him. And then she told him, I'm going to kill you. Yes. I uh, promise you, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Like I said, that, the way that it ends, Was this where Karen comes in? It was right after this. Like I said, I just wanted to, okay. uh, I just wanted to deal with... Uh, is this when Karen coming? Because I thought I made a note about Karen coming in. Maybe I didn't. I think it was right... Yeah, I think it was right after their their conversation. Uh, like I said, I just wanted to wait and talk about that in a second. But... Yeah, like I said, just the way that she appeals to him, because she appeals to him first, like she's, you know, trying to like, you know, be like, you know, just kind of kind and docile, like, you know, my, I have a daughter, I, 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 she's got to, I've got to go make, uh, you know, this will probably be the last year she believes in Santa, this, you know, she has all this stuff that uh, she's trying to appeal to him, uh, yeah. just very kindly, very sweetly appealing to him. And you know he—that's not mine. Once that doesn't work, she goes to like the viciousness more. Like you know, I am yeah. going to kill you. Like I said, so she's giving a lot of different. She's giving a lot of different range here. But like I said, this is and when she the, also mentioned how much she loved Wayne, which yes. was nice to hear. It was. Uh, so like I said, uh, it's it's really great that what she she does in this. She doesn't get. She has very little room to operate in this episode, but yeah, she does. She has such a presence about her, and it's really just really great performance by Juno Temple. So, uh, th but this is when Karen comes in and Karen is basically trying to establish her dominance over, uh, yeah. over dot as well. So he, she slaps her across the face because she doesn't want to hear her talking to him. Uh, and I love the, the, the third times, the charm line from, from Juno Temple, uh, about the wives. Uh, it's like, Oh, is it, maybe are you the yeah. new one? Maybe the third time's a charm. Uh, like I said, so yeah. she's trashed off. So what, what, what do we well. think about Karen? <sighs> I mean, she's awful. I mean, that's, I think that's yeah. all, that's pretty obvious, but, but it's one of those things, you know, 
and we'll talk about her about her dad here in a little bit but her dad's you know a pos as well and she's married to this pos and it's you know would you be a decent person if you were in the situation that she was in probably not uh yeah, yeah. so like yeah like you said she's she's kind of like has to do has to be like this yeah and she's obviously trying to like you know, she gets the brunt of Roy's anger, so she obviously right, wants right, right. she wants it to be directed somewhere else. You know, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. you know, she's trying to get it directed at, at, at Dot. Just and and, um, and she's got to be jealous of Dot as well. Oh, I'm sure she is because obviously Roy tracked this woman down. Uh, yeah. So, like I said, there's it's 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 complex to say the least about about Karen. I'll be interested what the happens it's, to her character. Yeah, I was gonna say I still think there's a chance Karen could help in letting her go. It could be. There's there there is a possibility, uh, especially when they showed how mean she was this week, which made me think even more if that could happen. Yeah, I could see you know in next week or in the finale, uh, you know Karen coming in and dot you know pleading to her as uh, kind of doing the same thing she, she does with Roy as a yeah. mother, you know all that type yeah. of stuff. I could easily see that being the case uh, for for later on uh, down the road on this thing. So. Uh, anyway, so we are back in Minnesota and we're with Indira and Indira is at home. Uh, she has walked, she has come home earlier than Lars was expecting. Uh, he is oh in bed God. and you know, she's, he's like, why are you here? And the thing that we uh, assumed a couple of episodes ago, uh, I'm assuming this is his physical therapist. Did they ever say that was his physical therapist? They didn't. They didn't. Okay. I, I mean, I'm assuming. Yeah. That would yeah. be my guess as well. So, uh, <coughs> there's a, there's a half naked woman in her closet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and this is when Indira just absolutely loses it. And she throws the conversation that they had earlier about him wanting a wife. She throws that completely back in his face. Uh, yeah. it, it was just absolutely wonderful to watch. I like I said, uh, I had some people who like were comment. I heard some people commenting like it shouldn't take you know infidelity being the the thing that puts action, especially for that guy. Yeah, for that guy. But you know, at some point, yeah, you and I are both married. You know, it's you know, if you're going to you know, you want to try to stay married. You want to, you know, try to work things out. So, like yeah. I said, I, I'm perfectly okay with uh, that decision right. because, like I said, oh, yeah. you want to try to work it out. But there comes a time when, you know, there's a, there's a straw that breaks the camel's back, and this was it for her. Leave. What did you yeah. think about this thing? I thought it was fantastic. I love how Andira's like, hey, I'm going to get naked too. I'm, you know, still got to change and right. get out of here. I'm not, I'm not scared of you. I thought that was an, like, yeah. she was intimidating in that scene. Oh, yeah, and she was. was like, you can have this worthless piece. And I thought also, of course, Lars drives a Jeep. Yes. I mean, is there, like, <laughs> he had to drive a Jeep. Oh, yeah, obviously. Uh, yeah, like I said, look, if you drive a Jeep, we're not saying anything about you. But, like, if people who are like that end up driving a Jeep often. So, uh, but yeah. yeah, I'm with you on that. So, uh, but when she walks out of the, when she walks out of the house, uh, she walks out to seeing her car getting repossessed. And, uh, we'll talk about this later on, but obviously it makes her make some, she has, she's having to make some decisions yeah. here in her life. And we'll talk about those decisions here in just a little bit. So, uh, so back at, we're now back at the the sheriff debate. So they they've been kind of talking about this debate that's going to be taking place. They haven't talked about it a lot, but they have talked about it. Uh, so sheriff uh, Roy is back up for re-election, uh, and they're getting ready to do this debate. And when Roy walks in, you know Roy walking in confident because of of you know he kind of runs this county. Things get, go the way he wants them to. He snaps and people jump. Uh, this is the way it's always been, and Roy's kind of expecting it to be that that to be the case this time around 
And when he walks up there, three people, I was like, man, they look like they're dressed like Roy. What were your thoughts yeah. when you first saw them? I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, is this what Danish did? Well, I knew immediately. I was like, okay, I was like, these got to be the three guys that, that Danish yeah. went and got their name changed. Uh, like, But I was like. This was a fun scene. Yes, it and really this was. was. You could see this in a Coen Brothers movie. Oh, yeah, you absolutely could. There's, there's, there's no question about that. So he walks up there. Uh, and you know he's trying to establish his dominance. They're trying to give him a, a, a microphone. He's like, "No, these people, they'll be able to hear me. It's I don't need one yeah. of those things." Uh, and like when they get there, the the person who's moderating, uh, she introduces Roy Tillman, and then she says, "Roy something Tillman, Roy." The, all three yeah. have the same name, yeah. Roy Tillman. They all are dressed just like Roy Tillman. They're basically doing copycat stuff. Like, oh, so funny. It's absolutely hysterical. But what's just so great about this, and this is just shows just how well Danish understands people and how much he understands working with them, because he's doing basically what like a seven-year-old would do to Roy. Right, right, right. And they it, keep repeating everything he says, and, and he's just losing it. Absolutely losing it. Like I said, and so Danish like immediately re- recognized this out of Roy. Like, this just childish prank that they're basically pulling yeah. would, you know, expose Roy as the person that he really is because Roy's getting frustrated. He's getting mad. People are laughing at him. This is stuff that has never happened to him before yeah. in this county. So he's having a really hard time. And as he's leaving, you know, the the moderator's even asking difficult questions. Why do we need a tank here in yeah. Star County? Yeah. And uh, Roy doesn't have a really good answer. He's, he's got no good answers for this. He had spent like five hundred thousand yeah. dollars on a tank and all this equipment. Yeah. Yeah. So. Like I said, this was something he wasn't expecting. She's asking tough questions. He storms out. He ends up punching her in the face. It's just an absolutely awful look for Roy. So he is losing his composure at this point, and it looks bad. What were your thoughts on all that? I just was dying out laughing. Oh, yeah, that was great. Laughing. And the lady asking the question sort of sounded like uh, Lorraine for a second. I was like, is she out in the crowd? And uh, when he punches her, I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of shocking. That's going to have some consequences. Yeah, that was kind of shocking when he, when he ended up punching her. And what's great, the scene ends with, with Danish Graves just walking out slowly like, I have done my job. I, I've yeah. got him right where I want him. Everything is going great for me. And obviously things will not end up going great for him. And in the end of this no, thing. No, they didn't. But at the moment, he's you know he's kind of uh, flying on cloud nine at this point. He feels great. Like I said, Dave Foley was just absolutely fantastic in this role. I loved him. Yeah. All right, let's take a real quick break, and then we'll discuss the rest of the episode. All right, so uh, now we're uh, back at the compound, and Gator and Dot are having a conversation. Uh, Gator has walked in. Yeah, this was a really good scene. It really, really was, uh, because obviously these two have history. It's a very complicated history, because we saw the puppet show from the previously. At one time, Gator, you know, kind of relied on Dot and, like, went to her for comfort, especially when Linda was getting beaten up by, by Roy. He would go to he would go to dot for that comfort for that uh to try to like feel something for uh some type of get relief from the pain that he was watching his mother have to go through uh and this is obviously there at a very different place maybe because uh, there's probably gator probably feels somewhat similar to to dot the way that dot felt towards linda because i'm sure he felt like you know i'm sure he probably got some of those beatings as well uh oh, yeah. after especially after dot ended up leaving so there's some complicated feelings there, but the, the the conversation is really great. But like I said, I thought it was a, a wonderful conversation. He's wanting to know what what he she told the FBI, uh, and he, you know she says nothing. But anyway, what were your thoughts on the conversation? 
Yeah, this, you know, I thought the same thing. Joe Carey does such an interesting job with his face because he's not, when he's looking at Dodd, it's not the same way he looks at Ole or Wit. Right. Like, he's like, he has a different look on, like, you could tell there was something there between them. And when when Dodd talks about his mother, and like, she's alive, and he's, you know, getting upset, like, you're lying, you're lying. Right. Which made me, does he, and then he ends up crying as he's leaving. Do you think he saw his mother die? I'm confused on that part. Well, I think I think they're making it very clear that I think what they're making I think what they're doing is that they're making it very clear that he he knows she's dead, and that's why like this yeah, is what I yeah. think this is what angers him is because yeah. she knows she's dead, and her telling her telling him that she's alive like it's that that, that would be very cruel to somebody to right. say who's somebody who knows their 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 mother or their father is dead and you're telling them they're actually alive when you know that that is yeah. not the case so like i said i think that's the reason why he's getting upset one of the things and he I, also he he had a look on his face he said something like you've always lied which makes me think you know and i, I guess she kind of talked about this like she would take care like dot or nadine would have taken right. care of him so like he's felt like she's lied to him the whole time he, she left him yeah she did and like i said that's it's one of the it's it's uh, they're trying to like portray some like really difficult some really complex feelings between these two because they've yeah. they've at one time were obviously close and now you know Roy has basically well, driven a wedge between them and then she really puts the stake in the heart talking about why he's oh, yeah. not named Roy Tillman yeah that he, you know Roy has never had any respect for him and and still doesn't like I was like wow. Yeah, because one of the things that Noah Hawley has has said, you know, you know, being look out for the the Gator Redemption arc, and you know, it's it's at times I have seen it, and at times I've been like, eh, I'm not so sure about all that, yeah. and it feels like this is her trying to put a wedge between the two of them and turn turn yeah. Gator against him. So maybe this is the start of that. I don't know, uh, but we'll, we'll, well see. It doesn't look good for him because no. the next scene, no, it does not. Whole bunch is at the back of his car. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that here in just a second. So, uh, but one of the things. Uh, uh, that I'm not really a huge fan of. I don't like the fact that they have not that at this point of of the show after the previous episode. I know I've had like dreams that feel very real, and when I wake up from them, like oh that was obviously real. I, I don't necessarily know that I like that she doesn't realize that was a dream yet. That I'm struggling with well, a little bit. She does at the end. She does at the end, but like I said, I would think you know after a minute or two, it should yeah, have snapped because yeah. like even when I've had those dreams that. Or feel yeah. so real, like it takes me a second, like, even after a minute yeah. or two after I wake up, I'm like, oh yeah, that was actually a dream. Yeah. So, like I said, because right, right. she's really smart, she's really intelligent. They've set yeah, that up. She is. So, I, like I said, I've struggled with that, that yeah. part of it. So, well, you, you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I can, I can see that, but I think they wanted to keep it for this scene. They did. She, That's, her and Peter. Yeah, yeah, it, it's, plot, also, it's plot relevant. That's the reason they're doing shout it. Shout out to Joe Carey for getting this role. I can't imagine how much this is going to help his career. Oh yeah, because he's really showing you know some range in this. Yeah, he really does. He's he's really good in this role. Uh, I yeah. wasn't really sure what this role was going to be, and it, it's yeah. having a lot more. It's having a lot more complexity yeah. than I thought it was going to. So, uh, but Gator's obviously distraught by the end of the, by the time this conversation comes to the end. Uh, he goes out to his his, his sheriff's cop car, uh, starts banging on the horn uh, because they they have they called in and uh, the people at the gate said you know uh, there's a there's a state trooper here. I don't know exactly what officer Witt is. I think it's a state trooper. It's Witt. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what kind of is he a state trooper? What is he? Something like that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he's a state trooper. Yeah. So he's there, uh, and that's when Gator is is heading. He heads up there to go confront him. Uh, 
And Officer Witt is there. And again, you know, he's handcuffed by what he can actually do. He can't actually come on the property and search for him. Uh, the law won't allow him to do that, so he's not going to. Uh, but, you know, Gator pulls out a gun, shoots it at him. Uh, like I said, Gator's Gator is just being him, being himself. And this is when we get the line where Witt delivers to him. You know, he says, you know, uh, they're coming. You may not feel like it. The consequences are on the way. And Gator doesn't. He does not. I mean, he's never yeah. had to really live with consequences because right. his dad never has. So you yeah. can see why he would think that. So, like I said, I'll, I, that was a really great uh, whip far line in the way he delivered it. It as really well. was. And like I said, I'll be really interested to see what what they're how this is going to play out because we we have seen uh, scenes in the trailer that there's going to be like uh, an insurrection type thing, and you got all this like military equipment that's going to be called in. We haven't gotten there yet, so I'm really interested. Well, there's a trailer came out like yesterday that oh, showed that, that it's it's uh, it's this next. Okay, episode. I figured it had to be it had to be this one yeah. or the next one. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll be really interested to see how that plays out. So uh, anyway, so as Gator is pulling away in his car, this is when Old Monk just pops up out of the back of it. We don't get anything else for this. I was like, oh, yeah. what are we doing here? Well, they show in the trailer Monk has him down and is like, you know being threatening to him so what does that mean all right does gator die this next episode i'm, I'm really not sure yeah like i said you know it's been ominous i mean i will be really shocked if monk doesn't end up killing him at some point because i was to say so it's i'm not 100 percent on the sin eater aspect could he do some sin eater and take Gator sin well, and maybe. Then Gator become a good guy. Maybe that's actually not a bad. That's actually not a bad thought. That's not a bad thought at all. So uh, maybe that is the, the way they go down. I don't with know. This. They, they've hinted at this Gator face turn. Yeah, they have. Uh, it would just be shocking if it didn't happen. Yeah, like I said, I really don't know how they're going to play this thing out, and I've, I'm really interested because, like, mm-hmm. Monk obviously wants to kill these people. <laughs> I mean, yeah, especially after what Gator did to his like. You know the mother, mother. he chose for himself. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I keep wanting to call it adopted mother, but that, that wasn't the case. I mean, he just said yeah. you're my mother. Uh, like I don't know, it's yeah. just, it was just weird. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so after Officer Witt leaves, he sees Danish Graves in a gas station getting gas. Uh, Danish Graves is obviously still very happy with himself, but he's not going to be real happy with himself after this conversation because Officer Whip pulls up and says, "They've got her. They've got your daughter-in-law. She's at." Roy Tillman's and like I know something was wrong I couldn't do anything because she wasn't saying there was something wrong but I can tell that there was and buddy Danish Graves went from like top of the world to oh man what do I do about this (laughs) like he was really struggling what were your thoughts yeah, it was it was very interesting because he kind of looked like he was going to ignore it. I don't know that he was going to ignore it, but I I felt like he was like he was really wishing Wit had never told him anything. I yeah, think that yeah, was the thing. Yeah. It's like because he knows that he's got to do something at this point because right. He, you know, well, Lorraine wants her back. Lorraine wants her back. That's one thing because Lorraine wants her back. So that's one reason he feels like he's got to do something. And also, I, I, one of the things I think they do have uh, done a good job of this is. Yeah, they're, they're kind of scummy people, uh, Danish and Lorraine. They kind of yeah. are, but yeah. deep down, you do feel like there's a decent person inside both of those people. And this, Maybe. yeah, like I said, it's, it's somewhere inside, I think there is. Yeah. And like, this is kind of appealing to that. Like, yeah, he doesn't want to do anything about this. He knows it's not going to probably go well. And he's just really struggling. Like I said, it's really done well just by, uh, by Dave Foley in this, in this scene. I thought it was just really, really good. So. 
All right, so this is when we get back to uh, the the fallout from the debate because Roy and uh, Karen's father and Karen, their two daughters, they are pulling up to the farm, and Karen is really doing her best to just needle Roy about how this is all Dot's fault, how everything was fine until you brought her here. Because he look, she knows that if they walk into this house together and he's not thinking about Dot, he's just thinking about the anger, she's going to get the brunt of it. So he right. she is doing everything she can to point the anger at 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 Dot, and look, Karen's father comes across real awful in this, because I hate that guy. Yeah, it, like, it feels pretty obvious that he knows his daughter's getting beat, but he probably beat her daughter, too. Uh, oh, but, you know he did. So, like I said, he probably doesn't care. He's probably like, just do whatever you do, gotta do to, to keep her in line. Uh, but he's doing everything he can, she's doing everything she can to get him angry at, at Dot, and this is when uh, he has this long walk because he finally gets out of the truck and there's this really, really long walk. And what song was it that was playing? I had it written down. Toxic. Toxic. It was, toxic. It was not the Britney Spears version. No. It was someone called Nixon Die. Okay. It so. was like some, I looked it up. It was like Kathy Dennis is one of the people involved. Okay, I found, it's like a string quartet. Okay. I found like the person was Jeff Russo and Lisa Hannigan. That's who I found. I think they were involved in it as well. Okay. Let me see. It's like several people. Yeah. So like I said, that song is playing because obviously the insinuation is that he is obviously very toxic. If you didn't know that already, uh, we have a song playing just to remind yeah. you. But again, as I, he was making this walk, especially as he got closer, there was that windmill there in the background uh, that you could see. Uh, but he is walking, making this very long walk. And he goes out there to take his frustrations down to her. He grabs the chain and starts like slamming it towards her. Never hits her because if he had, he probably would have killed her. Right. Uh, and just an incredible fight scene between these two. Uh, it's, I mean, they're both going at it. John Hamm is just giving everything he had with this chain that he's trying to hit her with. Uh, this is when Dot eventually, I don't remember exactly how it was that she kind of got free, but uh, she ends up like putting a chokehold on him. Just intense stuff. What do you think? Man, I, again, this was like, is she is she about to die? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was my, that was, you know, I'd like to, I didn't think it was going to happen here. And like, I don't know if they're going to kill her or not. I hope not. I don't, I hope that doesn't end up being the case for her. But that, like I said, it, it it was it was tough to watch because I wasn't really sure what they were doing with this. But she mentioned something about Linda. I don't remember exactly what it was that she says about Linda. And he says, you yeah. know, I'll bury you right next to her. And I still don't know if if she believes that she's dead at this point. What, what were your thoughts? I, yeah, I don't know. You're you're right. It was hard to tell at this point. It really was because she looked at her like looked at him like no, she's not dead because I just met with her. But it was obviously like. Well, is she dead? Like, it's like she was really struggling to figure out what the actual truth about this was. Uh, so, like I said, I, uh, I thought that was just really interesting. And obviously, she'll know about the end of this thing. So, uh, but Indira, we pick up with Indira, and Indira goes to Miss Lion because she wants to inform him, inform her that Dot has been taken by Roy, but she also takes the job. What were your thoughts about her taking the job? I mean, she's desperate. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, thanks to Lars and thanks to that, you know, that divorce is probably not going to be cheap. I think she had to do it. Yeah. Well, I think also another thing that she's dealing with, and this kind of goes into what we've been talking about with Witt and Roy, you know, Witt seems kind of handcuffed by the law. He can't really, you know, there's something he obviously should do to, to help Dot, but, you know, the law won't allow him to because he's yeah. going to follow it so strictly. I th right. really feel like Indira got to this point where she was like playing by 
the law doesn't work. It's not going to work. Right. It's not going yeah. to help. It's not helping anybody in this situation. It's not helping Dot. It's yeah. not helping anybody. So, you know, I'll just go do. I'll go where the real power is with this, you know, this billionaire lady who's in charge of all this, this these debt companies. I really kind of feel like that was a, a thing that she was reckoning with. Is like, yeah, I've tried yeah. playing by the rules. It's not helping anybody. So I'll take this job and I'll see if I can actually make a difference by working with her. So uh, yeah. maybe I'm wrong about that, but that's kind of. Uh, no, I think I think you're on something for sure. Like I said, it's kind of the way it felt when in the moment for me anyway. All right, so this is when Danish actually arrives on the compound. He's going to he, he wants to go in and, and discuss everything that's happening. They uh, when what was he thinking going by himself? I don't know because like Lorraine had been calling him and he looked like he was about to call her back, but he says not to. He really should have. That way they could have come up with a yeah. plan. Uh, and this is kind of like this scene is just it's showing a lot of like rash decisions and what happens when you make a rash decision like he should not yes. have on both sides yeah on both sides exactly like roy tillman is desperate yeah he's desperate at this point and you know danish doesn't really think things because you know i'm sure danish is thinking you know he's not going to kill me you know people no, i'm not, a fixer i get I, I i'm able to get this figured out all the time well even if that i mean he's a fixer that's true but also you know he knows that people will be looking for him he knows that people knows where he is yeah. Uh, like it, it doesn't make sense to kill him, and that's one of the things I think that's really great because they are showing the desperation that Roy is in. Because right. yeah. Roy is not thinking; he just pulls that gun out and trying to intimidate Danish, and then just shoots him in, in the process. Uh, like I said, it's a rash, rash, stupid decision. Uh, it's probably going to come back to haunt him because uh, that may be one of the things that oh yeah puts them on the trail. Uh, like I said. It just shows how, just how you know this guy who has been so in control of things basically throughout the entire seven episode run of the season. Now he doesn't seem to have any control over anything at this point, and he's well, just making. I would rash never decisions. recommend killing a rich person's fixer. No, 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 because <laughs> that will never end well for you. Yeah, and yeah. but nevertheless, he did it anyway. So, like I said, really interesting to see where all this plays out. But uh, yeah, but when after he after he ends up shooting uh, Danish Grace. Uh, dot, we go back to Dot in the in the trailer, the, the shack or whatever you want to call it, and she hears a truck pulling up, uh, and this is when it goes to the windmill. They pull out that they pull the basin aside and they throw his body in. Look, that doesn't seem like the greatest. One. That feels like that would really oh. smell really badly. <laughs> it seems I agree. Yeah, because I'm assuming that's where Linda is as well. That oh, would be yeah. my assumption. And who, how many other people yeah. are there? So, uh, like I said. I mean that basin can't just like cover up that the stench of rotting bodies. Uh, at least yeah. I, I can't imagine yeah. it would. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, that's where they end up burying him. Uh, but it also feels like at this point, this is when it clicks for Dot that, yeah, like oh, Linda's there. That's where Linda's buried. That's where she's and dead. And also, it made it look like they show a puppet that it was like Dot getting beaten and killed. Which yes, most likely it was, it was Linda that was right. getting killed. Yeah, so like I said, uh, I'll be really interested uh, to see where they go. Because this is where the episode ends. Uh, Dot is still uh, kidnapped by Roy. She's still under uh, in his custody. Uh, she, we don't really know what... Well, and I want to mention one more thing. Because, you know, she screams and shows how far away the right. windmill is. And also, we saw how... Because it took Roy, when they were doing the toxic needle drop, how right. long it took. So she's far away from any type of help. Yeah, she is. So it's like I said, she's kind of at his mercy at this point. And you know, yeah. I think at this point, she at this point, she really is 
truly concerned for her life because she doesn't know she doesn't know how long she can keep the anger of Roy yeah. from from killing her at this point. So, uh, like I said, and she's also she's actively still throughout the course of this episode trying to mess with her bed to oh, find yeah. some way to get out. So, uh, I'll be yeah. that's another thing I'm want to find out yeah. next week is if does she ever become successful at yeah. that? Because uh, she's she's constantly thinking of stuff and she's constantly working on stuff. So she's trying. Yeah, she really is. So, all right. Anything else you want to talk about before we do our weekly awards? Uh, I really like the opening song "Poor People Store" by the Shawnee oh, Rams. Yeah, I'd never one. heard that. Uh, I actually downloaded it because I really liked it. Yeah, that was a good one. I enjoyed that one as well. So, all right, let's do our weekly awards then. All right, here on the Main Attraction Podcast, whenever we're covering a season of a television show, we give out three weekly awards. Up first is the Tyrion Lannister. Uh, who is your MVP for this week? I think you got to go two this week. You got to go Danish Graves, Dave Foley, rest in peace, yeah. and you got to go uh, John Hamm as Roy Tillman. Yeah, they were both great. Uh, I, I went with John Hamm, but I'm I, I'm good with going ahead and putting Dave Foley in there yeah. as well because it was a great form. This is his best episode. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, it's his last episode, obviously, unless there's a flashback or something like that. Yeah. And I've never seen Dave Foley in quite a role like this, so it was it was such a good stretch for him, and yeah, I, I really I really thought he did a fantastic job. Yeah, it was it was a great performance by him. Uh, really, really good stuff. He added a lot to this season of television. The Agatha all along, the best scene of the week. What'd you go with? I think you got to go with both scenes of Roy and Dot together, where they're the first scene where they're talking, and the next scene where he's trying to kill her. Yeah, my, I put it on here. Pick a scene between Roy and Dot. That was my. Yeah. That was that was uh, my yeah. Agatha all along. Either one of those would be great. So, uh, the if you come to the king, you best not miss your best line of the week. You wanted a promise, I'll make you a promise. I'm going to kill you. Oh, Nadine, the devil is dancing a jig on your tongue tonight. Just a jumping and a jiving. Yeah, that was a good one. I went with one from Wit. Uh, I know you don't think they're coming. Consequences, they're almost here. Uh, I, uh, I, I like that one a lot from from, from Officer Wit. So. And Wit also had another one He when he was telling Danish Graves. Whatever you're going to do, do it fast. Not sure how long she got. Also, he got called to a 1099 in progress. That is an officer down. Could that have been Gator being oh, kidnapped? Yeah. That could have been. Yeah, that's a, that's a possibility. I didn't even think about that. So, so we shall see you on next week. So. Yeah. All right. Rating time here on the Main Traction Podcast. The top of our list is Succession. Beneath the Succession is Lost. Middle of the Road is Friends. Beneath the Friends is Full House. And Bottom of the Barrel is Baywatch. We've both been at Succession. I'm assuming it's staying there. Oh yeah, man. There's this is one of the best episodes of the season. I feel like we say it weekly, but it really is. Yeah. This is probably the best one. Yeah, and, it uh, is. I can't wait to see what happens. Usually, the penultimate, especially season two, that's where the big battles were. Yeah. So, like I said, we'll we'll, we'll see yeah. what we'll, we'll see what how this yeah. all plays out next week, uh, and just see how this entire show plays up as we're wrapping yeah. up here in the next. Couple I'm really weeks. excited. Yeah, I'm too. So it'll be fun to watch it. All right, before we head off for the week, uh, we do like to give some recommendations to our listeners. What are some recommendations that you have? Man, I, I got. I'm going to give you three. Okay. Uh, so I went to the theater. I saw the Iron Claw, the uh, wrestling movie about the Von Erich family. And let me warn you, this is not a fun movie. Right. This is a sad story. So let me warn you. But very. This would have made my probably made my top ten. Incredible movie starring uh, Zach Afron and uh, Jeremy Allen White about the Von Erich family, the wrestling family from Dallas, Texas, that has dealt with a lot of tragedy. It is really good. 
you get to see the camaraderie and how the brothers, you know, got to be where they were, and then the, unfortunately their downfall. So it's playing in theaters now. It's it is so good. Uh, there's you, you've probably seen <laughs> there's been a couple of scenes that have I've seen on Twitter where there's a great scene of Zac Efron and Jeremy Allen White dancing to uh, Thank God I'm a Country Boy, and also there is a Rush needle drop that is unbelievable that will fire you up and the, the biggest complaint the guy playing rick flair is horrific how is he just he looks like rick Flair, but like his impression was just god awful i can't it? they could have found someone <laughs> uh the other i wouldn't saw poor things yeah you talking the, about that. uh the movie starring emma stone willem dafoe mark ruffalo mark ruffalo uh uh rami yusuf it is unbelievably good this would have made my top 10 too i can't stop top 10 i can't stop thinking about i'm going to talk i'm going to talk you through this movie guys it is nothing like you see in the trailer it is more like young frankenstein when i heard this was a comedy i was like no it's not (laughs) i've heard i've seen these weird movies that aren't this is a comedy i saw it in a theater everyone's laughing emma stone is hysterical mark ruffalo especially it is a weird movie but and a, it takes you a few minutes to get into it, and then you're into it. It is a beautiful movie. It's in black and white. It's in colors. I, I will tell you, do not watch this with your children, right? Or anyone that you that you may be awkward around with. There is a lot of sex. Emma Stone <laughs> is naked most of this movie, but I'm telling you, like it is a wild story it is so interesting i can't stop thinking about it it is really good you are going to like this movie it is weird but i'm telling you all of a sudden you'll get into the hang of it and it is hysterical poor things it's starting to really expand in theaters and i know why it it needed to go like because i saw where it was building a good word of mouth and then uh it it's uh it's been building up the other thing i watch i watch maestro on netflix yeah, I, see, I, haven't seen it yet. Uh, I called it napstro because it was boring to me <laughs> uh ended up being okay i i it's two and something hours i thought it was pretty boring bradley cooper yeah i, I, I want to see it i haven't seen it yet uh but it, it's 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 my kind of film uh at least it, yeah, feel, yeah. it feels like it's my yeah. kind of film so i think i think you may like it you're more than that kind of music for me uh anything else or is that your last one that's it that's it all right so uh i'm actually revisiting a couple of things that i've recommended previously uh wonka actually is getting it's doing incredibly well at the box yes, office it like, is. and i was surprised by this so if you haven't seen it i would really recommend seeing it like if you want to wait till it comes out on uh max i, I perfectly understand that but it's do it's a good film uh, i really enjoyed it uh it's got a chance to make the top 10 for the year 2023 because even though it's making money now because it was released in 2023 any any money that it gets makes it will be attributed as a 2023 film so uh it will like i said it's got a really good chance to make the top 10 which i did not expect that to be the case when i saw it i thought it was yeah. good i thought it was really good uh but like i said it's it's more of a kid's movie than anything else so i didn't expect that for a kid's movie uh, it's chalamet man he's yeah. got it yeah you're right you're correct about that so uh i also finished up uh, last week i recommended what if uh, i'd seen the first half uh, i watched the last half uh, the last half i think is a lot better and it's a really really good season of what if uh, they actually introduced a brand new hero in this it's a native american uh woman that they introduced like i said i would love for them to do something with this character i, I think it would be fantastic uh she was a really compelling character i would love to see if they give her uh any more screen time i don't know if they will in the mcu who knows what they're doing in the mcu yeah. anymore at this Ooh. point 
Good point. But uh, we shall see. So now, next last week, you recommended Saltburn, correct? Uh, somewhat. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Let me kind of let me give you my just a little recommendation about this. So if you go watch Saltburn, I like the ending. I like the ending. Okay. Uh, the ending I thought was I, I saw it coming a mile away. So that they didn't do anything to to hook me. If you are watching Saltburn and you're watching it, and after about 30 or 45 minutes, if you're like, this is not really for me, you can probably cut it off. <laughs> you're probably not yeah. going to like it. Because uh, I was like the same thing. So I heard like the ending was good. And yeah, it is. But like I, I, like I said, I saw that coming a, a mile away. So I was like, really? I was like, really? Yeah. I, like, oh, it, it is weird. Like, it's. It's weird. It's. And the, I, I'm okay with weird. Like, Poor Things actually sounds kind of good weird, but this... I think Poor Things is much better than this. Yeah, this was just... Look, Barry Keegan is, a, is an incredibly wonderful, talented actor, but like whenever they get him to do something, I'm always going to be like, okay, what road are we going down with him at this point? And like, they go down some really yeah. strange roads with him. Uh, well, I told you, there are multiple sex scenes that are just bizarre. Is that what we're calling that? <laughs> if you say, let, let me tell you... If you've uh, seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. I was four like, Things has some sex scenes, but they're nothing like they're <laughs> normal sex scenes. Like I said, I mean, and one of the things I I, I was really kind of, honestly. I, just, I take that back. There's so, uh, there are a couple of weirder sex scenes, but nothing like on Saltburn's yeah. level. Uh, and Saltburn, here's the thing. I, I just ultimately, I, I found it kind of boring because I think it does it makes a huge mistake in my opinion. It's a vibe movie, and if you like the vibe of it, you're going to love it. I mean, this it's yeah. a it's a it's a movie that has gotten. You either love it or you hate it. Uh, yeah, it, it really does. I liked Promising Young Woman much better. The first movie that this director had. Well, this movie, what I think it is, it, it does what a lot of movies does. It tries to be really, really provocative to make it interesting. Does. Yeah. And it, it just didn't interest me. Uh, and so, yeah. like I said, it, uh, that's the reason why I say... if. I don't. If you if you watch it and you're like 30 minutes in, you're like, I'm really bored, dears. You're probably not going to be. Yeah. You're probably not going to find the rest yeah. of it interesting. So the, the one thing I will say, I thought Barry Kehoe and oh, Rose yeah, and great. Pike were incredible. Jacob Elordi has been really one good. of the one of the most handsome people that's ever lived. That's yeah. it's yeah, unfair yeah. to be. Like that. Yeah. I mean, that's one. Like I said, they do some good things in it, and that's the reason why yeah. I can understand it's weird, why. Though. Oh, I, Richard Grant too is really. Yeah, good. Richard Grant's in it, and he's really good. Like I said, I can understand why some people really enjoy this, but man, I was not. One of so, uh, so like I said, that's my that's my little addendum. Like, go ahead and try it. Go ahead and go ahead and turn it on. Go to Amazon Prime. Uh, yeah. Go to Prime Video. Turn it on. Uh, but after a while, if you're if you're just not into it after about thirty minutes, then you're probably not going to be into it. So that would be my suggestion to you. So, uh, anything else you want to add before we sign off? I appreciate everyone joining us, and we will talk to you next time. I will echo those same sentiments. And as always, until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.